0: Welcome into the Sports Buffoons podcast. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there, back into the Sports Buffoons clan in our brand new studio once again. Uh, happy to be here once again in Lenexa, Kansas. Uh, how's everybody doing out there? Tanner, Jason, JG. We got Mike here running it. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well,
1: man. What's up, y'all? This is your boy, JG.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, well, what are you sipping on, JG, now that you're uh, getting a little crank over there?
1: Well, we crank. got a little uh, Capriccio <laughs> Capricio Watermelon Sangria. It's well known to change your voice. Like It just changed oh, okay. my voice, so you should try it sometime. Nice. I like that. What about you, Tanner?
0: I got
2: put in charge to... Uh down the rest of this Jack Daniel's whiskey so I got that in the glass with a splash of Dr Pepper.
0: Yeah, just choke it on down Tiner. Do, do whatever I mean, you got to hey, do. Hey, it'll
2: last me the whole show.
0: Yeah, probably will. I mean, you got a full glass. So, as you guys can <laughs> see, uh, I don't know if the helmet actually is hiding your whiskey, so um, <laughs> it might be. Well, also you guys should be really excited you know why. We're officially in game day week. So, uh, uh, for the, this is the <sighs> first week we've had since the Super Bowl where we're looking forward to a Chiefs game day. And so that just makes this week here even better. Looking forward to the weekend preseason week one coming right up uh that's gonna be super exciting yes. now we do have some bad news from last week you guys out there listening i know we were talking about how we were going to do a post training camp show as we all went up to st joe we did do that that actually did happen uh but the audio got lost directly yeah. after so yes uh, that poor was a very- signal
2: it was poor cell yes. signal yes
0: exactly we were actually at a, at a winery called uh jowler creek yes it was a winery we were at hanging out sipping on some wine with some friends as well we actually had special guests even and uh, now it's all lost and uh, somewhere out in the uh, in the world, I guess, but never to be found again. Right. But uh, we did see a lot of cool things at camp, absolutely. It was just great to be back out there once again. Uh, I thought the environment was good. And also I like how they opened it up more this year for more walking and room access for the fans too.
2: Yeah, it it's seemed really, I don't know, really well done. After mm-hmm. being a year off and everything, they got that new berm on the other side now instead of a standing way. And you can actually get up on the hill and see – practice either way on both fields and we had a great view for our for our area and i know jason you got to go to the bleachers on the other side as well later on and i'm sure that was still a fantastic view to watch practice on
1: yeah it was a beautiful day because a lot of times you go to chief's camp and it's just hot as hell and you can't even breathe out there but it was a lot of clouds that day and so it was a beautiful day to watch chief's camp for sure
0: yeah so that day i know we did we did talk about it in our uh show that will never be found again but what guys stood out to you, just for the audience out there that never did get a get a chance to hear all that? What stood out the most? What player stood out the most? Or what about camp itself? What, what about practice stood out the most to you guys?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's it's McCole Hardman. Just the fact that he was being used all over the place, and it, you know, he, it's kind of the question that we always ask: is who's going to take the next step forward? Who's going to be the next guy as far as uh, receivers are concerned? To take the next step forward i think it for me it's mccall hardman and i think he's up to the challenge based on what i've seen in chiefs camp i mean they're they're using him i think his usage rate is going to go up and he seems like he's going to be a dependable guy this year and so for me i'm i'm all on all on to mccall hardman
0: yeah the deep the deep mm-hmm. post route seems to be a favorite of his so far in camp he's been going deep a lot last year's longest catch of the year was 49 yards We know he's capable of going 80 or 90 if he needed. So uh, I think they're going to be using him definitely without a doubt in the deep passing game. But I definitely just thought it was clean all the way around. And we saw Mm -hmm. some shovel pass game. I thought it was interesting to see some of the misdirection once again, which Andy Ree's always been known for. So overall, just a clean practice. Like this team looks like a Super Bowl team, how that should be ran. Uh, So they just looked really good all together. I know a couple plays that stood out in particular. we, We got a few on TikTok actually. Uh, now that we're on there for the Sports Buffoons channel. So Tanner got that uh, set up for us. So uh, those of you yes. out there that want to give us a follow, do that. And we put up as much uh, footage and audio as we can as time goes on. But, yeah, I think uh, Noah Gray stood out to me. I thought he looked good. And Noah Gray looked I think great. he's going to be active and a part of the team without a doubt uh, immediately. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, you had your normal superstars or Kelsey and Tyree, of course, beating everybody on the field. So that and was the main thing.
2: That's kind of the crazy part, still seeing the, the athletic ability by Kelsey uh, going against some of these new defenders and how much he stands out from uh, from like a Noah Gray or a even a Blake Bell, like just the difference in athletic level of those tight ends right now, and or the Fortson, right mm-hmm. Jody Fortson. So I don't know, it's just amazing to me. Um, I agree with Jason though. Mikel did stand out. The it was the workload is what got me. The workload. He was out there not only doing working with the offense, the first team, second team offense. But there's also out there returning punts, guys. So the guy's not losing his special teams job by any means from what it looks like. And that's kind of what I expected uh, maybe uh, Powell to step into as he comes in as a rookie. But apparently not. Apparently it's going to be a Meikle Hardman show, kind of like it was a Tyreek show a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. And But I think one of the things about Hardman is going to be that he is versatile on the field, absolutely. But also... I think this offense is going to be dictated towards whoever's on the field as for the certain type of play call that's coming in, too. So Hardman's not going to be on the field for every play like, you know, you'd assume Tyreek would be. Uh, they might bring in some packages where you see some Pringle out there. Um, you're going to see different guys go out in the field. They're maybe bigger-bodied. Cornell Powell could end up getting involved in the offense for some of the running game just to have those bigger-bodied guys as blockers. Whereas your Michael Hordmans of the world aren't exactly going to be out there on toss sweeps Correct. to his size, you're not going to really going to want that anyways. No. Um, now, Tanner, one guy that stood out to you quite a bit, I'm kind of curious of your input and thought is uh, Devon Key from Western Kentucky, undrafted free agent and rookie. Um, he is getting a lot of uh, praise right now from the staff and from coaches, and uh, the fans are trying to take notice too. Um, really good athlete, obviously bigger-bodied guy. I think he's like six foot tall, 200, a little over 200 pounds. I mm-hmm. uh, got good speed, good high weight speed, all all that combined. Coaches called him instinctive, in fact. They so, did. They did. Uh, this is looking like a guy because every year it seems like we have a Tershawn Wharton type of guy that's undrafted for agent makes the team out of nowhere. He seems to be our guy this year. So what do you think about Key? How is he going to impact the team?
2: I think it's going to be a guy that actually kicks off uh, our buddy Ar- Armani Watch. who has been mm-hmm. around for a while. I think yeah. he actually takes that roster spot. But he's also a guy that Spag is going to be able to use uh, sparingly. Through uh, some of his packages, he likes to run with multiple safeties on the field using his linebacker. The guy can run out. I saw him. You know, we saw him in coverage, but we saw him a lot. Was he was up there with uh, Sorensen and also uh, Matthew at times, where he was you know he was taking the uh, blitz out. Uh, he, he was heading in and he would work around the edge while Matthew worked inside. So I thought that was kind of interesting seeing Devon Key work with the first team defense mm-hmm. majority <clears throat> of the practice that we were at. But he's been doing that throughout training camp as well after. What was it like third third camp? Mm-hmm. Spack started sticking him out there. Yeah. So the guy has a chance. He has great opportunity. Obviously he looks like a great player to me on like just seeing him up front. I was really impressed with just his feet and just the ability to learn. Like he made a mistake on uh, one. Matthew came over and talked to him and they ran a similar play about three or four plays later, cut cut right into it and got mm-hmm. the pretty much got the sack, is what you would say. Mm-hmm. So I mean you can't tell the quarterback yet. Right. So but it, it was just really impressive to see this guy come out of nowhere, undrafted free agent, another Veach possible win, kind of like a similar to maybe a Marcus Cooper kind of signing
0: uh, or a few years ago. From a, so. Yeah, from a little boys back, yeah. Yep. So those are guys that, you know, every year it seems like you do have at least one undrafted free agent make the team, and I think this is going to be an important position to fill because Sorensen is getting older right now, so yes. he's a guy who's been on this team now for quite a while, but uh, his time will come eventually. Juan Thornhill mm-hmm. You know, had a hard, a hard time getting back from his injury last season towards the back end of the year. Got a little bit better, a little bit healthier. But the Chiefs run so many three safety sets that he is a guy that can be on the field if there is an injury to have to, that ends up happening in that defensive backfield. So he's a guy to watch out for, absolutely. I think he does take, I agree with you, Armani Watt's position on this team, yes. which means he will be impact player on special teams right away. And so that will be his main role from the beginning, but also potentially substituting in every once in a while as a as a third or fourth safety on the field as well. So, uh, Jason, what all stood out to you about this team right now and uh, how camp's going currently?
1: Yeah, for me, uh, one of the first things I looked at is defense because we don't have a lot of expectations, you know, as far as offense. We know what they bring to the table. So for me, I'm I'm always going to look at the defensive side of the ball first. And for me, it starts with Chris Jones. He's looked great all throughout camp. Um, They're moving him around as far as defensive tackle and edge rusher. He's moving all over the place. Also, Jerron Reed has made some big plays throughout camp as a pass rusher and in stopping the run. And I think uh, that duo is going to be something to watch this year. On the defensive side is Chris Jones, Jerron Reed. Uh, I think they're going to be devastating to opposing offenses this year.
2: Yeah, and Mike Dana actually got praise from Spags early, a couple days ago in the press conference. The way he comes in, he works, He uh, he's just mentally – Ready at all times, and when he does make a mistake, he's one of the guys that works to fix it, and he doesn't make it again. He does, that like he doesn't repeat mistakes, and that's the huge thing about Mike Dana lately. That could take a Alex Okafor spot too. We mm-hmm. sent him; the guy's out with a hamstring again. Who, which was the entire year, pretty much last year for the past two years, really. Mm-hmm. So that could, I mean, Mike Dana continues to to roll and impress the coaches and make plays. We'll have to see a preseason game coming up, obviously. Uh, but that that could be Okafor on his way out.
0: Yeah, Dana struck me a lot as a guy who's great against the run defense last year in, uh limited playing time. I don't know if he's shown enough for me as, as a pass rusher yet, but, you know, you still have a role on this team if mm-hmm. you can stop the run, without a doubt. So uh, I think, really, we've talked a lot about Chris Jones, and I think that people are kind of curious now because throughout camp at this point, people have been talking about Orlando Brown Jr. getting pushed around a bit by guys like Chris Jones and Jerron Reed and stuff like that you know guys moving around going against him and uh some people are like kind of curious with like, whoa why how is Orlando Brown struggling so much and I think Chris Jones I mean with him I, don't, I think he lost five to ten pounds on the offseason and I think that his pass rush ability coming off the edge is going to be amazing because we've all at times complained a little bit about CJ struggling against the run yeah and I think him being in an edge position here can just really help him focus in on rushing the pass, we're getting off the edge, and then also the containment area of setting the edge as well. We having a bigger bodied guy is great to have yeah. on that D line at the, at the defensive end position.
2: Yeah, and we we talked about this last week a little bit. The mentality some of these returning guys have, right? We have a lot. We have a few new guys, a lot of new guys actually, but these least returning guys. C J is one of them. Spags, he goes out to. I saw a clip today. And it was awesome to see. I never. I didn't see it yet, but he goes out to uh, C J. He goes. C.J., third and five, last last couple played against the Browns. Show me what you got. And He was going against Brown and completely just demolished him. And that's the thing, though, is C.J. is one of these returning guys with the mentality of, I lost the Super Bowl. I did not mm-hmm. perform well. I, none of us performed well. But yeah. now he has a new mindset. It's a payback, revenge, right? The revenge season. Orlando Brown didn't have that season. Mm-hmm. He was with the Ravens for God's sake, right? With Lamar and you're only getting so far. So it's not really a... I don't I don't want to say it's a huge downset for Orlando Brown. I'm not really worried about him. I'm more of impressed by CJ though he's stepping up into this new role cuz a lot of times he's only he's the only one on that one side and Spags has been really pushing the other guys forcing him into the other side leaving CJ alone. So Spags is looking at CJ to not only be a solid leader but to be a Tyron Matthew type of player this year, mm-hmm. a playmaker by himself doing things.
0: Yeah. And, you know, even if we still had Eric Fisher on this team at left tackle, he didn't want to go against Chris Jones right now in camp. No. So, you know no. I mean? Like, no, no one wants to go against Chris Jones right now. So that's that's the thing is that uh, with a with big-body guy like that who's strong as hell, I mean, the bull rush on him oh is just gosh. is incredible. Um, so just getting up into your face like that, the way he does, is not something anyone wants to, wants to put up Correct. with. But so, Correct. yeah, I'm not worried about Orlando Brown Jr. No, right now. No, um, not right When now. the when the real games come along, I think we'll see Brown do just fine in his role. Um, I, I'm 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 sure left tackles across the league are taking notice of Chris Jones, though, because even CBS did finally report that when the Chiefs put out their depth chart, he is listed at defensive tackle. So, or defensive, at defensive end, I mean. D. Yes. Yep. Yes. So. Uh, That's- I'm looking forward to it. Now, guys, rolling in here to the preseason, week one, um, I don't care so much about the opponent. That's really not necessary. It's more about just watching how our guys perform in, in individuals, basically. Um, preseason is more about individual work than it is teamwork, and so I think this is something to watch out for. I think we will see the starters probably play, you know, maybe two series. Maybe two series. I mean, it's a new, new offseason,
2: guys. We only got three mm-hmm. games. Yeah. So there's not – and we have that week off between the last preseason game and the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. So we got to remember that, too. It's not just because there's four – we still have four weeks, technically, but just as three games in those weeks.
0: Yeah, and they they made cut down dates a little different this year, too. So you cut down five after the first week, five again after the second, and then they go from um, 80 down to 53 after the third game. But uh, for me, this game, I think we will see extra uh, long uh, reps or – more reps from the offensive line yes. in this game. Yes. I think whenever Mahomes comes out after one series, the offensive line, starting offensive line, will be still staying in there for a while as well with Chad Henney because um, I think those rookies need to get some work. Lucas Niang needs to get real action against a different face you know, after sitting out. And then Creed Humphrey, uh, I've heard some rumors. He struggled here and there with his shotgun snaps, so I think that's going to be something they're going to be making sure he's got a handle of before we get rolling into week one. And uh, obviously, Trey Smith, sixth rounder from Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about him throughout camp, and the team loves him. Like, yeah, the guy does mauling everybody, so I think they might have a steal on their hands with Trey Smith. But I think we're all really excited to watch how the offensive line performs, especially in the run game, uh, because we have had traditionally a weak offensive line in the run game in
1: Reed's yeah. history,
2: so we do need Trey Smith to have a strong game because we lost uh, Laurent du- duvenard Tardif, yeah. that Canadian yeah. doctor with a broken hand out. Wait, how did you, how did you pronounce that yeah. name? L- L- Laurent duvenard Ted Tardif. That's
1: close L- enough. Du- 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 Duvernay Tardif.
0: Tardif. Yes, The Canadian doctor. So like that play. really hurts him, Tanner, because I, I already felt like he was a guy that he might was, not make the team. I think he's on the outside looking in. Right and so, now. but we also have Mike
2: Rummers on the offensive line also mm-hmm. out with a back injury. Most mm-hmm. likely he will not play in this game as well.
0: Yeah. So that's what I mean. You're going to have extra long time with the young guys in this game. So yeah. that will be great to look forward to. And obviously see you know Clyde Edwards-Elair for probably a series or two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, see Jerk McKinnon probably for most of the game in the back half of the game. Um, so I think the Chiefs are just going to want to see the young guys and what they have. I mean, we're going to see like the guy we just talked about, Devon Key, is yeah. going to probably, probably play over half the game. Kando. Yeah, Joshua Kendo yeah. is going to be playing a ton of snaps. So Mike Dan is going to play a ton of snaps. Bolton and Nick play Bolton play. should be playing, and I would assume at least the first quarter, Correct. maybe more. Because
2: Willie Gay is still on uh, concussion protocol.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's going to be unfortunate if he does not get playing time because Willie Gay is also one who does need playing time. Correct. And so it'll, it'll miss having him out there. But um, So anyways, you guys, who are you looking forward to the most besides offensive line watching this week one preseason game?
1: Yeah, week one, I'm with you. Uh, I'm looking at Creed Humphrey. You know, I, I think he's going to be a monster—six foot five, 312 pounds. Uh, I'm looking to see what he can do, but also a uh, big player for me is going to be Noah Gray, and I want to see how many dual tight end sets they're going to run with him and Kelsey, uh, especially in that third preseason game because that's that's kind of the one where we look at the starters. And what what we have to look forward to as far as the first regular season game, so, so
0: they could do that still with Bell, but just pretend like it's Kelsey. They I mean, could. It's, it's about alignments,
1: yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 what I'm most interested in. Is I want to see how Noah Gray is going to be mm-hmm. implemented into the first string offense.
0: Absolutely, I think he could be actually a superstar of the game. Absolutely, because yeah. he should get up a lot of playing time.
2: He should. Uh, so my side's on the actual wide receiving core, Cornell Powell. That's who I'm looking forward to seeing seeing perform. Uh, Antonio Callaway does have a bum bruise. Most likely he he may sit this one out, his potential. He is questionable right now. Uh, but I think Cornell Powell, just the size, his ability. uh Bien-Aimé was very confident with him of learning, of gaining the trust with the quarterback still. He's, he still has a lot of room to work with his uh, playmaking ability. But I anticipate to see some potential big plays with Powell uh, heading down the sideline as well, kind of similar to what we saw uh, with uh, Pringle couple of years ago when he was on the mm-hmm. offseason we saw yeah. some big player uh, plays from him so mm-hmm. i'm hoping to see something similar with powell as he starts feeling more comfortable within this offense
0: Yeah, and Pringle's got a lot to show too because he's a guy that you know he'll make this team but mm-hmm. he also has he's he's had a not as much room to work with in the offense uh, over the last two years either so he's a guy that deserves more playing time i believe because we've seen him step up he even had a 100 yard game at one point in his career with Patrick Mahomes whenever the – I think Watkins was out, Tyreek was out, yeah. and Pringle ended up going in there and having a great game with Mahomes. The Chiefs did lose that game, actually, to the Colts in that game. Um, but yeah. I think he's a guy who's proven himself to where he's it. When he is on the field, he has put up quality numbers and uh, done a good job overall. So, yeah, I agree with uh, Cornell Powell. I've heard some rumors. There was a guy on the radio actually speaking today about how he looks a little bit lost out there as far as getting a grasp of the Andy Reid offense. Uh, and that's normal. That's very that's really natural. This isn't an offense – you know, that's super simple to learn as a quarterback or a receiver.
2: No, when Clyde said it was easy last year, well, guys, it this was a almost a similar mm-hmm. type of offense that he worked with in LSU in yeah. a way. And, I mean, when you also have a guy you're working directly behind with Patrick Mahomes and you had uh, Darrell Williams who had been in the system for a, a year or so. Like, yeah, you got multiple guys to help you out. Powell, uh, I think he's just trying to figure it all out between the Clemson offense and Chiefs.
0: Chief's office, and it's hard to compare those two positions too. Because yeah. as a running back for Clyde Edwards-Elair, it probably is a lot easier. I mean, like like I've always said about running backs, that's a more instinctive position than learning a wide re- how to be a wide receiver. That does take time, and then you know, as far as like the depth in your in your steps and the, everything like that. I mean, it's going to be different than what he might have learned at Clemson. So um, those are those are not as instinctive as much as they are trained through coaching and everything like that. We're running backs. That's why we see successful rookies every single year come out and uh, put up, you know, solid numbers. It's mm-hmm. because they can just really play off their instincts in a lot of ways and be good. I mean, we saw Clyde week one last year make the Texans look like fools right away. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Clyde's obviously proven to be a great player beyond that. But, um, yeah, I think it's just different coming from from running back to receiver. And it's fine, you know, we can we can let Powell learn. He doesn't need to come start right away. We Yeah. Get he's, him integrated. He's not in the
2: conversation time. for number two, obviously. Yeah. We, we, we got depth here. So, Mike, who are you looking forward to seeing this week?
0: Yeah, Jason kind of stole my thunder a little bit about little uh, Noah Gray, Grant. of course. I mean, that's my guy. But I, I think overall, though, it's just that right side of the offensive line. Without a doubt, that's that's my guys that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, we've, we've obviously talked about Lucas Nying quite a bit the last year and a half. And I was a big fan of the Creed Humphrey pick when we took him from OU. And then we've only heard good things about Trey Smith. So for me, I hope they play an entire half of this game because um, I think it would be great to get that offensive line cohesive and together and used to playing snap my staff together and uh, just get, you know, gel together basically a little ways. Because if you guys remember back when the Chiefs had their offensive line from 01 to 05, uh, but, you know, between Willie Roof and Will Shields, Casey Wegman, uh, and then Brian Waters, uh, those guys were all together for like three years straight. Like they didn't miss a snap together. And that, that was the best offensive line in the, in the entire game for like four or five years running. Uh, so I, I just hope that, you know, it, it does make an, it's important to gel together, especially as young guys who are still trying to learn on the move basically right now. Um, that's going to be something that's very important down the stretch of the season as time goes on. So those are my guys, obviously cornerback wise, I'm looking forward to seeing how Jerry Sneed goes to year two as a starter now with this team. Um, so his impact is yes. going to be huge for this team. Um, seeing how they move him around. Cause he, he played some nickel last year and I don't think we're going to see as much of that anymore. I think he's going to be more of an outside guy more often than not. So, um, seeing how he does more outside uh, rather than yeah. inside, it's going to be pretty cool to watch as well. So a lot to look forward to without a doubt, uh, player by player on this team and everyone's driven you know everyone when you lose a super bowl like that i mean some of these guys are pissed and so and then there's a lot of young faces who are fighting for a spot on a super bowl contending team and they know that and how cool it'd be for them their young careers to come in here and be part of that right away be part
2: of a a winning team right that's the big
0: thing Winning team and super bowl caliber team so yeah
1: yeah these guys that are pissed off from last year it's kind of like the 2014 royals they they've got a lot to prove in fact they have everything to prove you come off a loss like that i mean you should expect great things from a lot of these guys
0: yeah, absolutely they were more driven after that loss that royals 2014 yeah. especially the way they lost you know yeah. so that was that the hardest was... part for them and for the chief's sake here losing to the uh, as we play week one here 49 or not 49ers but losing to the buccaneers in the super bowl um i think that's just one of those things where it's going to stick with them in their minds for a long time because you know, Tom Brady is, is 2-0 against Mahomes right now in playoffs in postseason play. The so, goat. Yeah. He, By the he way, is, Tanner, since is.
1: you have such a hard-on for Cornell Pal, I do want to point out that he is going to be signing autographs at 2.30 <laughs> on Sunday, 2.30 p.m. at the Kansas City Premier memorabilia and Card Show. If you guys want to join one of the buffoons, because I know all three of us aren't going to be there, the JG will be there on Wait, Saturday.
2: How much are you charging to sign autographs?
1: Oh, I'll do it for free, man, if you can find me. <laughs> Nobody knows what I look like, but yeah, but I'll be there on Saturday. But Cornell Powell will be signing autographs at 2.30, along with <clears throat> Tyree Hill, Nicole Hardman. Uh, Jason, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire R- R- is going to be signing autographs My as well. Bring, bring this table with you to, to the casino
0: and just set it up like this and start signing autographs.
2: Yeah, We, we can change our little sign out front, put Sports Buffoon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Sports Buffoon JG.
1: Find, yeah, I could do that, but I'll be making so much money playing blackjack that I wouldn't want to waste my time. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I like
0: that quite a bit. All right, you guys. Well, that is our current Chiefs wrap-up. Uh, so we will have plenty to talk about, obviously, uh, next week. And we have some things that we've been discussing as well as far as doing some post-game analysis and shows where we get come out right away after the game and do a little discussion, things like that. I think if, like, if you guys follow us on the TikTok, we will probably be putting some things out there. So... I very much suggest that so that way you can get us uh, immediate live reactions of how we feel about uh, how game day is going. Yeah. All right, you guys, let's switch it over to one of our main topics today fantasy football. So, uh, obviously, fantasy season is on the horizon. I did something really cool, you guys. Uh, You know, I had this idea as a commissioner this year to put all of our pool money into Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is pumping right now. And I I love it. I love the big pump uh, from Bitcoin. So, uh, basically, we're going to be you know, taking our three hundred dollars total, yeah, it's all in Bitcoin. We're already up eighty bucks, guys. So we're already up eighty bucks. It's only been one month since we began putting money in, and uh, here we are. So
2: what perfect timing for it, too? You know. Oh
0: yeah. Well, it was down, so I was like, hey, I have this great idea. We're gonna make extra money, so we buy in twenty five apiece, and then by the time January rolls around, Bitcoin could be up to eighty thousand, you know, per Bitcoin. So that'd be amazing. So I'm hoping that's the case. But uh, anyways, you guys. With that said, I just want to do a little humble brag for a minute. But uh, <laughs> um, now I, had a, I did have something that you and I talked about, Jason, a little bit off air earlier today. But there's going to be some impacts this year with some of the new rules in the NFL, and especially with the COVID protocols and things like that. And I know there's a lot of people out there wondering and ask, asking themselves and probably asking their friends, like, you know, how much of an impact does it make now to look at your draft board and you're going to see a, maybe an unvaccinated player in your draft board next to a vaccinated but maybe that vaccinated player is a little bit you know not as good as the unvaccinated player like let's say deandre hopkins for example is on your board is he a guy that you would still trust in taking at his current adp position uh, or do you overlook him because you're afraid that he's going to get suspended at some point not suspended but you know docked a game at some point or you know they're going to be doing something within their protocols to remove him and the whole team maybe from playing in their game does that make an impact to you guys uh, when you're looking at your draft boards at all
1: it's very little for me. I mean, especially with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. So, overall, you look at it, you know, if they have to forfeit a game, that doesn't really affect me in fantasy. So, the worst case scenario for me in fantasy is that these guys are going to have to sit out two games. So, obviously, I'm not going to reach for these guys. And when I talk about these guys, I'm talking about Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, Cole Beasley, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, guys like that. I mean, I'm certainly not going to reach for them, but I'm also not going to draft them at their ADP. So for me, I mean, if they fall, let's just say one round, especially guys like Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, if I can get them one round under their ADP, I'm going to be all over that. Because like I said, the worst case scenario, they're going to miss two games, probably only going to miss one game. And you look at guys like Lamar Jackson, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, those guys are superstars. So I'm not going to pass them up just because they start falling in my draft. I'm just not going to take them at their ADP. So I'm going to let them fall a little bit, maybe take them maybe one round later. And as far as guys like Cole Beasley, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, well, their ADP is all the same. They're all at 125. And so I can take those guys at 125. I don't really I don't really care. That's so late in the draft that I don't give a shit. But, I mean, if you see these guys starting – start falling you're going to take them without a doubt but I, I certainly wouldn't take them at their adp i'm certainly not going to reach for them
0: yeah so like equal right here adp is calvin ridley at 20.1 and then hopkins is at 20.1 as well that did that, that the exact same adp right now so in that case you're going to lean towards ridley if, if you were going to assume he is vaccinated
1: then I'm probably not taking either one of those guys, to be all honest with you, because, (laughs) like, you know, you've got the COVID situation with D-Hop, but then with Ridley, I mean, I don't really trust that. You guys know I'm a health freak, right? And when these guys show me that they're not necessarily going to be healthy for a full season, like, I probably wouldn't take Calvin Ridley either. There's probably a better option right in that range, to be honest with you. I
2: got you. I would say... Maybe treating it more like of last year with all the COVID stuff going on. Right for me, it's going to be a game of chances again this year. Yeah. Like if D Hop is there, I'm probably taking D Hop. Plain and simple, he just has more, more promise There's more more you know value there. I'm not worried about if he's vaxxed or not vaxxed. I'm not so you're gonna not. You're not going
1: to let him fall. No, to be clear. No, okay. I'm not. Because I'm going to let him fall. I, I
2: think for oh. me, it's just going to be kind of treating it like 2020. Like anything could happen. But why if the guy's there and he's in what you're of where you want him to be, go for it. There's no sense of it. There's I mean, if you see a better player that might have you know, you're bouncing in between, maybe draft the other guy. But at the same time, it's game of chance, guys. It's just like fantasy here. Like we're talking yeah. fantasy football. It's always a game of chance. We treat it like two thousand twenty. Go draft the guy. There's
1: yeah. no sense of it. And specifically with D hop, I mean, I'm not saying you have to wait a full round. I mean, if he drops like eight to ten picks below his adp i mean i have no problem oh, take drafting yeah. him i mean but i'm just saying I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna reach for a guy like that because we don't know what's gonna happen with these covid rules
0: yeah yeah and the nfl is you know kind of out to get them and we've seen that throughout the rules they're making it as hard as possible on these guys so that's something to take in consideration as time unfolds. But I'm I'm, I'm with you on that, Tanner, where it's a thing where anything could happen. It's it's not worth worrying about what if, what if, when it comes to this whole thing because we just don't know. I mean, this guy could play 16 games and not have one issue, no big deal. You know, it's fine. And then again, you could draft Ridley and Ridley's injured by week three. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, he could, you know what I mean? Don't, don't give up on a guy just because they're, you know, unvaccinated or it's publicly been put out there at this point.
1: Yeah. You definitely don't want to give up on them, but at the same time you want to go into your draft with the expectation that they might fall. They yeah. have a higher level of Correct. Yeah. potential. The fact that they might they, fall. They, so. they might good fall. value then.
2: Yeah. I mean, you don't want to reach for anything, sure. but you've
1: got to be you got to be ready to grab them if it's not in your normal strategy if they start falling. Correct.
0: But then again, there's also guys, a lot of players out there that we don't know. They're not—they're not, they're keeping they're their not mouth shut. Tell you. They're keeping their mouth shut. They don't want to talk about it, and so—and you don't know. There's you, some guys we yeah. just don't even know if they're vaccinated or not. So it's almost like just let's get it out of our heads and not make this any more of an don't, issue. Yeah. So I just I'm, the people out there listening. All I'm saying is, don't let it affect your draft day decisions drastically. If you if you have a situation where it's one A, one B, sure, take the guy that you assume is going to be healthier and you know not cause a, a COVID issue in the locker room. So, but otherwise, you know, don't don't sit it's there like, and make a big deal. It's about. like
2: are you going to take Michael Thomas or AJ Brown or Julio Jones, right? Elvin range? They're all injured bumps
1: at some point in the season. We don't even know if Michael Thomas wants to play this year Correct. for that team. Like, that's but, a different but, situation. Well, but we know Julio does want to play. We know and, Julio, and does.
0: even though Julio is always injured. Tanner, he always plays through it. So I know. I'm just telling you. Fine.
2: Like in a way, like from Jason's point, they're all injured bums at some point. So, like, well,
1: Sammy Watkins. Would, to be fair, I looked it up on the Sports Injury Predictor today. Yeah. You guys think I'm joking around? The that website has him at a 90 percent chance of getting <laughs> injured this year. So, you, got,
0: you guys think the reptilian lizard of Sammy Watkins is vaccinated?
1: Mm, I don't really care. I'm not going to draft no. him anyway because he has no a 90 chance of getting injured. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we already know that's going to happen at some point. So, and he actually made a little comment about the Ravens and like how how explosive their receivers are and this and that. And he said some kind something about the Chiefs recently too. Well, he, and,
2: so his comment
0: was quickly
2: it was just about him saying hey i can get more targets here i don't have to be right. i don't have to be but the distraction to Tyreek
0: also if you're on the field you get more targets too so exactly. like, good, you, you got to be on the field, field more <laughs>
2: to get targets so that's all it so. was it was nothing major it wasn't like a cheap shot
0: all right so it sounds like we're pretty much all in agreement on how you should be looking at your draft day approach for the Correct. vaccinated versus unvaccinated players you know just don't overthink it too much take the guy after they're there uh, but also, don't be reaching for me there, you know. Just just play it smart. You Use your common sense and logic that help you out a little bit. All right, you guys. So we're going to talk running backs today for a bit. So we've been talking each week, or at least we've been trying each week, to be talking about uh, we did tight ends, we've done quarterbacks, we did wide receivers, and now we're to the running backs, which is, you know, in some cases essentially the most important position to take um, because they're very difficult to find. So – we got a few hidden gems in our list here. Last year we drew cards. Today we were drawing names out of a hat. So, got my uh, Chiefs hat here and uh, we're going to kick it off. So, we're going to we're going to name off the running back. You're going to pick a pick a card here, pick a pick a sheet Jason. And so then you're going to see the ADP. I want you to tell me if they're overrated or underrated on the ADP. And if you think they're underrated or overrated, tell me who you would rather take ahead of them or or behind them. So, uh, I'll let you go first, Jason. You seem like you're getting real anxious. This is not like Halloween candy, so um, you know, be careful over there. It's one card. There you go.
1: Gosh, I can't even read your damn writing. Can we do, uh, can we do the damn cards next time? What the heck? Okay, we got Miles Sanders of the Eagles. 36.4, so I'm going to go with overrated on him because I have heard reports out of camp that he is evenly spi- evenly split between him and Boston, Boston Scott. Scott. So I- I'm going to go overrated 36.4. I'm not a big running back guy anyway early in drafts, uh, but I- I'm certainly not going to go at 36 with Miles Sanders because that could be a split backfield.
0: Yeah, Jason, we actually had a comment recently ask us about Miles Sanders. Yes, um, we did. So uh, he was wondering about where he should be taken at. I, I think the guy's on the rise, though. I mean, you know, he's going to be splitting carries potentially with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard's there. But I think that Miles Sanders, his yards per carry is 5.3. Like, that tells me the guy has has explosive abilities. So he could be a home run hitter, and I would definitely to keep him on the radar. I don't know if 36.4 is going to be great.
2: But, I mean, your next one up there
0: is David Montgomery
2: J.K. Dobbins. Like, maybe, yeah. I, I don't I, bet I, maybe Dobbins in a way would go down, but – I'd take Sanders. I wouldn't take Sanders over Montgomery.
0: I would. Yeah, Sanders over Montgomery? Over David Montgomery? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would take Sanders over Montgomery. Well, I've
1: I've also heard reports that the organization doesn't trust him to stay healthy based on his injury history, so that's why they're trying to get Boston Scott more carries. So not taking him at 36. There's no way.
0: All right, Tanner, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go
2: next.
0: We have nine running backs we're going to talk about here.
2: That's all one. All right.
0: Kareem Hunt Browns guys
2: 57.6 So Kareem Hunt guys is also splitting carries with uh the recently signed Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. So uh but he was also really effective when Chubb was out, but he was also effective with Chubb in. He was more of a receiving back for that point, and I think that's where you're gonna get a lot of your points this year. Um, I kind of threw up here little cards here that I also have made out from last year's stats, last couple years. And Kareem Hunt is a force last year for this Browns team. And Baker Mayfield looking to open and expand his game a little more with Odell Beckham coming back into play. Uh, and I, I think Nick Chubb will be mainly your, your main down running back. But Kareem Hunt's going to go out there and get their red zone touches. Hmm,
0: that would be interesting That's to kind see of my how
2: thoughts. that goes. Now, yeah. 57.6, I I think he's – Find where he's at on that part. I I don't see no reason why yeah, you that, should go. That round
0: down. would be sixth round, fourth pick. Correct. Would be the average round on that. So correct. Yeah. That's probably that's and probably you, fair. Yeah,
2: you guys like Miles Gaskins, Daryl Henderson Jr., and Josh Jacobs ahead of you. I think mm-hmm. you're you're kind of fair on keeping that cream hunt right around that range.
0: And there's always the upside too. If something was to ever happen with Nick Chubb, then you know Kareem will step in and he'll be RB one right away. So correct. That's something also to consider.
1: Yeah, I agree. Fifty seven should be about average for him. Yeah.
0: All right, my next pick here. We got Chubba Hubbard of the Panthers, actually. Chubba
2: Hubbard. So
0: we were going to do top 50 running backs. He falls just under the top 50, but he's an intriguing one to me to see how he play, how the season plans out for him. Uh, obviously, he was a, he's a big name, obviously, in college football, so uh, we know he's got at least some explosive ability. Um, but I think that this is actually a pretty fair pick for him at this point for the Carolina Panthers. I think that he should be taken in that range. But I would not be afraid to take him over guys like J.D. McKissick and Tarek Cohen as well. I think that, you know, even a guy like a Todd Gurley, I would actually take him over Todd Gurley at this point. Because Gurley, you know, he's he's trending downwards. And we're not seeing the, the better good. part anymore of uh, Todd Gurley yeah. of this life. So. And Alexander Madison's ahead of him. I think I would take Hubbard over any of those guys. I just think the upside there with the Panthers, and that's going to be a run-first offense without a doubt. Correct,
2: and he's going to take over the role of Mike Davis that had a great year last year with McCaffrey out, and also even with McCaffrey, and he was still effective. And he was a great fantasy value for that, for where he should have been. So this is a guy definitely to keep an eye out for if you're looking for a late-round running back
1: it's not a bad pick at all all right we're yeah. looking at round 15 on this guys correct so. you also have the number one handcuff in all of fantasy football that's at true some <laughs> point,
0: so. yeah yeah that I mean. yeah it's true because we saw when McCaffrey went down last year when Mike Davis stepped in Mike Davis put up McCaffrey numbers so exactly I mean this yeah. could be a guy that does something very similar if he's a step in right away and uh, make an impact but you know then again we also hope that Christian stays healthy too so yeah
2: dynamic
1: play Jason's up next All right, we've got Najee Harris of the Steelers. So his ADP Harris. is 21.0. And my brother actually got to meet Najee Harris because uh, he went to high school out of the San Francisco area. And so my brother uh, told me that this guy is just just a great guy. He's a workaholic. And he's, he's going to be a great football player. And so um, at 21... I understand that he's not really a proven commodity right now, but I'm going to go with properly rated here. So I'm not going to say overrated, underrated. I'm going to say he's properly rated at 21. I, I know for a fact the Steelers are going to run the ball more than you think they're going to run the ball this year. So it's not going to be like the old Steelers with Antonio Brown where they just throw it and they go for two every single time when they after they get in the end zone. So it's going to be a run-first offense, and so I love Najee Harris. I think he's properly rated at 21. Yeah, rated. Hmm.
0: I like it, too. I mean, he's going to be used a lot this year. So, do you,
2: do you guys really think he'll be that effective, though, to be that high in as a rookie? I think
0: volume, volume-wise, I think he's just going to be kind of force-fed over there, and Steelers have done nothing but praise him. And then we saw him a little bit in preseason week one of the Hall of Fame game. Um, so we just see him. I think. Yeah, I think how many carries did he had to get? Seven carries. I think. Yeah, seven. So, seven carries. Yeah, he got in there quite a bit to begin with. So okay. I think he's going to be good. To uh, definitely watch out for. So
2: interesting. Interesting one. All right. Let's see here what we got today. Leonard Fournette, guys, with the Bucks, eighty-six and a half. Is that right? Eighty-six and a half. Yeah, eighty-six point five. Man, that's a high one. This guy is actually at the top of the depth chart currently. Uh, for the bucks and that's kind of an interesting part of why he's so high. Uh, if you look at hit, uh, or guys kind of around him right now, you got uh, Javante Williams of Denver and Ronald Jones is actually ahead of him as well and James Robinson are all up ahead of him. Uh, but then you got Damien Harris from New England, um, Moertt from San Francisco and Melvin Gordon the third. Denver as well, so I don't know.
0: Well, him and Ronald Jones are basically together the, right there. They're yeah, the same I mean, they're
2: going to split, I think, for sure again this year. It's going to be kind of a repeat. Uh, I th- PPR wise, though, if we're going to talk PPR, I I'd say he's probably right where you want him to be because he's going to be right in that range. I'd take Ronald Jones over him for sure. Mm. As far as far as that, I think Ronald Jones will have more upside of getting you know additional yards, additional catch receiving yards as well then Leonard Fournette's going to be kind of your pound back again, where you're just going to pound him into the end zone every time or first down. I thought
0: I thought in the postseason last year he looked great. He did. I mean, Fournette looked like how Fournette should be looking last year in His the postseason. First, so. first couple
2: of years of Jacksonville kind of style. But, yeah. But I think – I don't know. I just think the gameplay will kind of be similar to last year where you have Ronald Jones taking a lot of the receiving snaps and also maybe, you know, the starting job in the end.
1: Yeah, I think for me with Fournette is like – I don't care if they're splitting carries. I mean, if you have a good running back on a good team in fantasy, I, I th- I'm going to go with underrated here on Fournette because right, okay. you got a great offense, and if you're a good running back and a good team, you're gonna you're gonna have a great season. And if Ronald Jones second gets injured or something like that, he's gonna explode. You're gonna have an RB one instantly. So I'm gonna go underrated here on Leonard Fournette at 86.5. Where,
2: you know exactly where you might take him at?
1: I mean, I'd probably go at least where Ronald Jones is. Okay. I mean, Ronald Jones is at 71.9. Okay. I would take him at 71.9. Right around 9. there. I mean, okay. they're, they're basically the same fucking guy, so. <laughs>
2: That's not a lie.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. I just drew my pick here, and I've got Ezekiel Elliott coming in at 7 ADP on this list. So he is sandwiched in between Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. So uh, I think, without a doubt for me, Ezekiel Elliott's going to break out once again this year. He's going to make up... For some of the lackluster performances he's had here recently, and I like he's done. He's down at least 10 pounds uh, from his, his last playing weight. Was 228 now to 218, which is much healthier for where he needs to be at. And he's shown it in camp. Oh, yeah. Looks slimmer. He's going to be faster. He's going to be more of that Ohio State Ezekiel Elliott, and what we saw the rookie year. We're going to see more rookie year Zeke come back and return back to the NFL once again. And I think he knows the, the Cowboys team. To me, like I said earlier, we, when we did our uh, NFC uh, East breakdown. That's a playoff team. That's a 10-win team to me, and I think if Zeke is going to be, you know, a big part of that, then it's going to be necessary for him to be in control of his weight and be, of his performance and playing like he did a few years ago his rookie year. So uh, I think Zeke at 7 is actually underrated. I would take him over Jonathan Taylor. I would probably take him over Alvin Kamara even Ooh. right now too because Kamara is going to have a little bit of a, of a downtick due to Drew Brees you, being gone. You
2: don't think – we'll go into Kamara later, but I – like You don't think Camara will be the main guy with Thomas
0: out? Like, Jameis Winston well, and Taysom Mill are going to look for somebody He's still like going to get touches year. without a doubt. I, just, I think that the actual You think Ezekiel
2: Now, are we, for Elliot, guys, Elliot's a big one to Cowboys. Dak Prescott, is he an issue for Elliot? If Prescott's not healthy, are we seeing maybe Elliot being not as great this year?
0: I don't think it's going to make an impact at all on Elliot when it comes to the running game. The offensive line is still great. We already know that, so. Um, I don't think Dak is going to make an impact one way or the other on Zeke. Okay. And he might impact the motivation because Zeke is a guy who's, you know, like cryptocurrency, up and down on motivation. <laughs> you never know what he's going to do each day with some of that. So um, It's like Dennis Rodman. I don't know if we'll go that far. <laughs> <laughs> even, even not that extreme. But, you know, I, I don't think Zeke, or not Zeke, but I don't think Dak has anything to do with Zeke's performance uh, this year.
1: No, he doesn't. But I do think that Dak is, for the most part, healthy. I mean, I don't think he's going to have a career year. Uh, I think it's gonna take him, you know, at least a, a few games to get back in the swing of things. I do think Zeke is properly rated here though. Uh, the only guy that I would take ahead of Zeke is Saquon Barkley, just became just because of the upside. Really? Yeah, I think mm, yeah. Saquon Barkley, I mean, if he's healthy at this point, he's gonna explode. Yeah, he just returned to much branches. much better talent than Ezekiel Elliott. I mean Man. especially catching the ball out of the backfield. So Yeah.
0: All right, Jason, you're up next. Go ahead and take a pick.
1: Alright, we're going to go with Travis ATN at 62.9 and I'm going to go with underrated on this guy. Really? Just slightly. And the only reason I know this is because this guy is an elite talent and I know that the coach has said that he's only going to be playing on third downs. I'm not buying that shit. This motherfucker is going to be used all over the field and... You know, 62.9, I think he has tremendous upside, you know, and even if he only plays on third downs, I mean, what if, what if the starter gets injured? I mean, I, I'm a big believer in this guy, so yeah. I, I think he's slightly underrated. I wouldn't jump too high. Like, I probably I wouldn't reach too far for maybe like 58, 57, somewhere in there. But I think you're gonna get your money's worth with this guy because he is a, a fucking stud. I
2: I wish I could figure out where I saw it, but I saw Travis being re- actually positioned as a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. and I can't He's recall be using where. The receiving where game but he was at, it was nothing about an RBWR. It was a wide receiver position. I mean, are we looking at like a uh, uh, who was the receiver Montgomery for the Packers? That yeah, situation, Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. Yeah. Are we looking at that? Maybe the kind of that st- style of
0: play? Well, something to think about too, just real quick, you guys. He's also playing with his college teammate Trevor Lawrence, so let's take that in consideration as well. I think it's it's a great fit between those two. And as far as in the passing game, I mean Lawrence is comfortable with throwing to Travis Etienne. We already know that. Yes. So I think I think Etienne, without a doubt, guys, he ran a four three. So I mean the dude's fast as hell. Um, he's gonna be definitely a playmaker without a doubt. I, I like him over guys like DeAndre Swift, and I like him over Daryl Henderson, and I like him over Miles Gaskin. Okay,
2: Kareem Hunt or uh, uh, Travis?
0: Between the two of those? Between the two. Because
2: they're um, right next to each other they ADP-wise.
0: They are. And then, yeah, that's that's a tough one between those two because, you know, it, it's it's the old uh, upside game where Kareem has probably more upside duty to volume share if something was to happen to uh, Nick Chubb. But ETN might be more explosive than Kareem Hunt. so.
1: I just think the Jaguars organization is trying to downplay what they're going to do with him this year because they, they've been saying all along, oh, he's just a third down back. I mean, they spent too much of a high draft pick to only use him on third downs, and I think they're just trying to downplay his effectiveness, and I think he's going to explode this year.
0: All right, you might. All right, Tanner, you're up next. we got two more picks to go. Two more, two more.
2: Oh, yeah. Miles Gaskins, the Dolphins, guys. 52.4 is where he's at, and that is right around the same as cream Hunt. He sucks. Tra- <laughs> I knew I was coming. <laughs> so, kind of interesting for Miles Gaskins, guys. He he stro- he had a struggle a year last year. Um, he was hurt for, what, almost the entire year, I think, after a couple weeks. Uh, so, it's hard to... Take him at this spot, I believe. You also got Malcolm Brown, who they uh, as well in that depth chart that is fighting for the spot. And they are talking about being a split field. And Malcolm Brown's actually kind of been taking more snaps with the first team, from what I've been reading from Miles Gaskin. So I
0: don't know. It's kind of a risky pick. I mean, we talk about the guys. I mean, he's a, he's ranked it right now ahead of Kareem and etn and Mike Davis, I, Chase Edmonds.
2: Yeah, I would. He's, I would say. I would. I would this guy this is not a guy I would pick at this spot. I definitely would wait on this to see if he drops. Yeah. I think it's too far of a reach at this yeah, point. He's got a
1: lot to prove, too. I'm going to go with slightly overrated here just because we don't know what to expect from the Dolphins this year. I mean, the Dolphins could have a, a good year or they could just take a step back. We don't really know what to expect from them this year. And if I'm trying to draft a good running back on a good team, I mean, 52 is a little bit high for me. Yeah. I guess I would say slightly overrated on Gaskin.
0: All right, guys, I just did my last pick here in our last pick, a little game here. I got David Montgomery of the Bears at 32.9. This is ADP. Uh, he is actually sandwiched between J.K. Dobbins and Miles Sanders. Uh, Clyde edwards Lair is also just two spots ahead of him. Um, for me, he is overrated at this listing at this spot because I just I, I think the guy's okay he does get plenty of touches because the Bears don't have a lot of options to begin with in the backfield because obviously the other things they've been messing around with it just he's, he's the healthiest option at this point for what the Bears are trying to do uh, he did have a thousand yards last year and eight touchdowns average 4.3 yards a carry which is serviceable um, I, I just think that he doesn't have the upside that I really value in a lot of running backs where I like some guys like Josh Jacobs who's ranked lower than him to be much higher than where David Montgomery is coming in at so I think you got more upside with that Um, I also would take Miles Sanders over David Montgomery as well is Montgomery a safe pick sure I mean if if you're not caring for trying to hit a home run by any means I guess you could take him but then again you're going to be spending a third round pick on him so for a third round pick I'm out for the David Montgomery show
1: I would say it's a safe pick if you're just talking about volume, but it kind of goes back to what I said about Gaskin with the Dolphins. I mean, how good of a team do you really think the Bears are going to be? Okay. And our defense our defense is going to be king on David Montgomery, and if they are, I mean, I'm certainly not going to take. So, so use the, my 32nd pick to the, take him.
2: The issue for you guys here is quarterback play, uh, I'm hearing, right? That's kind of what we're No, about.
1: I want a good running back on a good team. That's all. So, if you have a good running back uh, on a bad team, a la Barry Sanders, you know, Tanner, that's a bad is, example. My issue but is talent.
0: I don't think David Montgomery is that talented. Yeah. That's my issue with him. Yeah. Not as talented as others, anyways, that are still on okay. the court. So. Okay. That's what it comes down to. He will get volume. He'll no, he has get he's got plenty of he'll, volume. He might, he'll probably hit 1,000 yards again on the ground and probably, you know, 10 touchdowns. But I don't know. I think you can do better than David Montgomery. Yeah, we don't want a thou- we
1: don't want a thousand yards on this show. We want <laughs> two thousand yards. Yo, we so, want we Derrick Henry. We
0: want we all that good stuff. But we want in the third round. <laughs> we want value, value. All right, guys, let's switch it on up here. So we have skipped the last two weeks. We're doing a breakdown every single week of our uh, you know basically going down each uh, division. So we started off with the NFC East. Then we moved on to the, the South and North, and I can't remember the order we went in. But now we are to the NFC West right now. So we're looking at the Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, 49ers, and uh, the Rams as well. So let's kick it off right here. I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals to begin with. And I think I love this team. I mean, I love the talent. I love that they got A.J. Green on, out there again now. So, you know, he's on he's on a new team for the first time in his career. I mean, he's got a lot of talent with DeAndre Hopkins. Kurt, uh, Christian Kirk is also a good slot receiver um, in the backfield, working with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. So just amazing Talent all the way across the board, and not to mention our guy Kyler Murray, quarterback. Uh, Max Williams is tight end, so I, I love the talent they got. I think it's a fun team. They did add J.J. Watt as well in the offseason so So uh, Zayvon Collins as well at linebacker. Um, so I just think that there's a lot to work with here. This is probably going to be, you know, going to be tough at the end of this season. I think this is without a doubt a playoff team. In fact, I'm going to say this is a NFC Championship contender without a doubt, but as long as these guys stay healthy. We already see J.J. is on the pup list. I mean, he's already having injury issues, back issues. That's going to be a problem probably all year, so just keep that in mind. Uh, but, Stephen, even even regardless of that, they have Corey Peters as well. So, I mean, there's guys that can move around, and, and they have depth at least within pretty much every part of their team. Um, so, to me, without a doubt, Cardinals are probably going to win this division, in my you mind. You think they're the favorite? I think they're going to win this division, and I'm going to put them at – 12 and 5 is their record in my book. What do you guys got? What
2: uh, you got, Jason?
1: Well, right now, the Cardinals are plus 600 to win the division. So I think this is one of the. Obviously, we all know this is one of the best divisions in the NFL, if not the best. Uh, but the Cardinals plus 600. I actually do like the bet. Um, I'm going to say they're probably going to go 10 and 7. And. I like the additions of J.J. Watt. I don't really care about A.J. Green. I was trying to look him up on Sports Predictor Injury the same way that I did Sammy Watkins (laughs) earlier because I'm like, if Sammy Watkins is a 90% chance to get injured, A.J. Green is like 89.5. Is that like one of the
2: top things you look for at any team?
1: Well, when you're dealing with fantasy, you want to know if your guy is going to get hurt, That's right? Fair. That's fair. So, I mean, I don't care about A.J. Green. I mean, the the, the way I look at these guys, I, I love the addition of J.J. Watt, but it's like, what are we looking at here? So, are, is this like the Atlanta Hawks of the NBA pre-Trey Young, where this is this is a team where players go to die? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like... They added Rodney Hudson to the offensive line. I like that. I love that pick. Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, he's got a lot to prove in his fourth season. Um, Kyler Murray, if I'm drafting fantasy, I'm all over Kyler Murray. He's going to explode this year. He's one yeah. of my favorite quarterbacks to Rushing draft. Rushing
0: yards plus all the weapons.
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah. And he, he he improved his his QBR from the first year to the second year. So, um, overall, Cardinals, I mean, I'm going to go with 10-7. and seven. I just don't trust them yet. I think they're. I think the Rams are going to be a little bit better this year.
2: Yeah, I. I'm almost pretty similar to yours as well. I think they're an 11-win team, right? So I'm going 11-6, just because they do have some tough games on the schedule, right? They open up with Tennessee and Minnesota right off the bat, and then I mean, you got Green Bay midway through the season, a potential San Francisco team division that you're probably going to split with them. And then uh, going back to uh, Seattle. So they got some hard – they got some tough games on their schedule. Uh, but did we did, – Mike, I might have missed it. Did you touch on the running backs for these guys?
0: I just I just mentioned Chase, Chase Ed, Edmonds Chase and James Conner. Guys, James yeah.
2: Conner and Edo yeah. Smith from the Falcons is there. for right. Like you got three guys with uh, starting uh,
0: experience. And Edmonds is supposed to be the starter right now. Correct. But James Conner, we all know, can be a starter too.
2: Yeah, we've seen that in Pittsburgh, so – like, this, this team, and like you said, I think they are a high favorite. I look at Zaya Simmons to have a fanta- fantastic year and to become the superstar that he is supposed to become,
0: mm-hmm. being
2: a, like, a versatile.
0: It's going to be a fun team to watch. Oh, man, I'm
2: excited. There's a lot I, of talent on that I do team. agree on them being the favorite. I would go at 11-6, though, just above Jason's 10-7. And,
1: and to my point earlier, I did look up the sports injury predictor on A.J. Green. He only has a 58% chance of getting injured this year, which hey. kind of surprised me. I thought it'd be like 75, 80%. So, but if he stays healthy, dude, that's that's a different so, ballgame. So you're telling me there's a chance? That I'm telling you I there's mean, a he, chance. He's got a
0: quarterback now. So he's just more motivated to want to
1: stay healthy too. So yep. just keep that in mind. So
0: uh, not, nothing against Joe Burrow, but I mean, Kyler Murray's a little bit better at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's move on now to the L.A. Rams. Is now the next on our list. Uh, they finished off last season at ten and six. Uh, still a really good team, and still one of the best defenses in the entire NFL, if not the best. When you look at the talent across the, across the board. Uh, but offensively, they got rid of you know some dead weight with Jared Goff and added Matthew Stafford. I think this is a great move for the team. I think it's great for the Rams. are gonna. I, I'm rooting for Matt Stafford to have a good year. So yeah, I'll so say that. I think we all kind of are. Now they've already had an injury uh, to the running back situation. So at this point, Daryl Henderson is their current starter. And we'll see how that unfolds. But this is going to be a pass-happy team right away because you're still working with Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Robert Woods. And Deshaun Jackson is there as well. So it's still going to be a pass-happy team. So, guys, think about fantasy quarterbacks. Stafford should be on your radar once again. So uh, take that into account. But really it's that defense with, obviously, Aaron Donald. And they got uh, Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp back there at free safety. Uh, Those are just some great, great players along the way. And the scheme itself is great. I mean, those guys get pressure every damn play. So... Uh, I like this team quite a bit. I think this is going to be an 11-win team, so 11-6 and six is my pick for the Rams.
1: Yeah, so the Rams are the favorite right now at plus 180 to win the division, and they basically, we know they're going to have a top-five defense. I've got them going 12-5 and five this year, and we all know that Matthew Stafford is a big dick gunslinger. With the Lions, he threw for 45,000 yards, 282 touchdowns, and 144 interceptions. Uh, I like the fact that they added a a 48 year old Deshaun Jackson. Gives him an extra weapon over there. I think Daryl Henderson is going to blow up this year. Um, You know, they're going to try to go running back by committee. But I think uh, in terms of fantasy, you should pick up Daryl Henderson because, I mean, he's going to blow up. And I like the Rams to win the division.
2: Oh, man. I actually agree with you. What you, what was your pick again? Your twelve and twelve and five. That's exactly what I got going down the way here. I just love the additions. I love the fact that Cooper Cup has been consistent year in year out, and they added a wide receiver Deshaun Jackson as well. A guy that he's forty eight years old. Hey, he could be a potential he deep threat up. still. He All he needs up. to be is a few. He doesn't to play every down, but he could be a potential deep threat, and that could free up Cooper Cup and Robert Woods both up here. So I love that. Love Darrell Helenson Jr. this year, uh, being able to explode it again this year. He did really well last year. Um as far as the defense side guys, we all know they're they're all studs back there.
0: I have no concern here. But yeah, I, I'd say I agree with you, Jason. 12-5 all All right, after that we got the Seattle Seahawks next on the lifts. Uh the division winner actually last year finished off twelve and four and put up four hundred and fifty nine points with only three hundred and seventy one allowed. So actually, you know, there's a team that was very much uh high scoring but also would give up a lot of points at the same time on the defensive situation. Um, So the secondary right now, they're sitting with Trey Flowers as well as Jamal Adams. Uh, I think that's going to be two big names where those guys got to make sure they step up and be consistent this year. Um, I think that's the big thing about how this team gets beat over the top. I think the safeties before Jamal Adams came along did have some things, you know, there's some some issues without a doubt. So um, I enjoy Bobby Wagner, still a good player, but uh, they did add Dwayne Eskridge actually uh, throughout the draft. So that's got to be watching for as a receiver It'll be pairing up with DK Metcalf and Mm -hmm. Tyler Lockett. This team pretty much is the same as last year, as far as the way I view it. I don't see like a ton of major upgrades and additions that like stand out to me by any means that make me think too much differently. Um, I just think that the other teams in this division got better, and so I think by default through them getting better, the the Seahawks just moved down a little bit. They're ten and seven for me.
1: All right. I am actually going to go with 10-7 and seven as well. Now, they are projected to come in third in the division. They are plus 275 in the odds. Uh, I got a problem with their defense. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson. I, I do expect him to play at an MVP level this year, especially with his new offensive coordinator. I like the addition of Gabe Jackson on that offensive line. Uh, they gave Tyler Lockett an extension there. Um, I, I love... The offense, but it, it's just like we know what they are. And for me, that's 10 and 7.
2: Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. 10 and 7. Uh, that offensive line is going to struggle to protect Russell Wilson in this division. Again? Again. <laughs> Russell Wilson like, is going to be upset again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really unfortunate. See, we're, like, we're talking about a Russell Wilson team, guys, being third in the division here. Which is crazy. Well, this to is talk. a good division. That's what I mean. It's like, a great by division. Of other teams and, getting like, better. This is as well. still wildcard potential here. Wildcard potential going. But in. he can put up
1: the numbers. Can. to to make a play for the MVP but, this year.
2: But man, this is. Uh, it, I, I'm worried about the offensive line syncing up and protecting Russell Wilson again.
0: I think I think all the teams in this division got better, but the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks stayed the same. Yeah, everyone I, else I, improved. I, pretty I much. fully
2: I, I agree with you. I agree with
0: you. All right. so, what's, yeah. your, what's your prediction ten, for this? 10 7. We're all 10 right, 7. Yeah, we're all, all right. 10 7. We're all 10 7. Okay. Sounds good to me then. All right. We got one more to wrap it up for the NFC West. Uh, we got the 49ers, uh, who struggled quite a bit last season with injuries, obviously, from day one. Uh, preseason, they had tons of injuries. Nick Bosa was down right away. Quarterback situation was, had problems. And uh, they're finally, you know, hopefully going to be healthy this time around, so where they are ready to roll coming week one. We get to see a little bit of Brandon Ayok as well as Debo Samuel. Yeah, uh, they did add. They stole Trent Williams from the Chiefs. The Chiefs wanted Trent Williams. You guys remember? That's right. At one point in the offseason before they traded for Orlando Brown Jr., uh, so Williams chose actually the 49ers over the Chiefs. Um, but I think you know the problem is going to be they drafted Trey Lance. That's great, but Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, and I just I'm not a big believer in Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. I think he is what he is. He's he's a guy compared to other quarterbacks. It's just not going to ever do anything special especially with unproven receivers as well so I mean they're working with Mohamed Sanu as their third receiver at this point it's it's just, <laughs> it's not going to be real pretty and I like I like Sanu he's fine but I just there's there's a lot of guys there that have a lot to be desired um I do think that Raheem Mostert should put up good numbers he fantasy wise great numbers this year. Um, but really it's going to be that defense that carries him for any of the wins that they do pick up because you're still working with Jimmy Ward Jaquiski Tart, Jason Verrett is there now so take them into consideration as well as the return of Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead is going to be involved as well on the defensive line. So uh, I think this is, the, you know, it's, it's maybe an upgrade from last year um, just based on addition because you got your health, you got your injured guys back healthy now. And so for me, this is going to be a 7-10 and 10 team.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with 11-6 and six here. They are plus 200 in the odds. So they're, they're projected to come in second in the division. And I think it's because of all of the injuries that they've had. You know, you got George Kittle and Debo Samuel. They didn't play a whole lot last year. Uh, my biggest problem with this team is like we don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position. I mean, it's going to be a circus every day. They're gonna the media is going to come in and say, "Oh, who's the quarterback this week?" Well, we don't fucking know. Well, throw Trey Lance out there. Well, throw Jimmy G out. I think Jimmy G could be traded to another team like mid-season.
2: Who's
1: you going know, to take him? A, a lot who? of desperate teams out there who? for a quarterback, Tanner. Denver Broncos are desperate for a quarterback. they got
2: two starters right now.
1: Those guys suck. <laughs> anyway, I think I would roll the Bridgewater <laughs> over Jimmy Grefler. I
2: would go, yeah. But Personally. We'll, we'll yeah. hit that, but still. like,
1: Well, reports out of camp is that Jimmy G is the starter as of right Correct. now. So who, who breaks out then? If
0: you're thinking this is an 11-win team, who's who's breaking out that's going to make a big impact rise to them? Because if, you, if you're going to win 11 games, your quarterback situation is great. Yeah. I mean, they're not screwing around, are
1: they? It's it's all about George Killen and Debo Samuel, and, and do we trust them to stay healthy? I don't trust this team to stay healthy all season long. I just think they're not quite as good as the Rams, which I put at 12-5. and five, and But I do think they're better than the Seahawks. So that's why I've got them at 11-6. and six. I think that something's going to happen. I mean, they're, they're basically like the L.A. Chargers at this point. Like... We're going to expect them to get injured every fucking year, like they're going to have this great fucking roster, and then something happens. But you're they're they're putting them over the injured.
0: over the Cardinals so, too. So
1: you're, you're, yeah, I'll put them over the Cardinals. So
2: you're saying the Seahawks are fourth in the division, San Francisco and the Rams.
1: No, I've got I've got the two. Cardinals and the Seahawks at ten and seven, both. I have them oh, tied. So they're tied for third. I've got them tied. This is one of the best divisions in the yeah. You know, every
0: team in this division at ten wins or more.
1: Yeah.
2: That's interesting. Wow.
0: That's, that's,
1: that I I do think it's the best division in the NFL.
2: Yeah. Hey, I, I actually agree with more on Mike's side, actually. I think this is unfortunately going to be the, the team that is in the losing area. Jimmy Garoppolo will be the quarterback. Now, they also have Josh Rosen, right? who's been screwed over the entire year. I don't career. even know
1: who that is. Who's Josh Rosen? Yeah. Does he suck? He was a good college quarterback. Pre-scaler. Yeah, he was he's good in, in he college. Screwed <laughs> he screwed over was in Arizona, there screwed over go. by
2: the Jets, screwed over by somebody else. I
0: don't know. Rosen, Rosen played for the Cardinals. I mean, it's, he's been tossed he, around a bit. So, he's,
2: But anyways, like going down the roster here, I'm a little worried about health, like you said, but I'd love to pick up Alex Mack at center. I would I would love to have him on my team. Sure, well, of course. we creed, but we'll be all right. Defense side, I mean, it depends if they stay healthy or not, really. I mean, we got to see how everybody kind of bounces back. I think they're a 7-10 team. Um, I don't think they – I think Garoppolo stays the starter the entire time. Um, I don't anticipate Trey Lance playing at all this year. I think Josh Rosen will play before Trey Lance.
0: I'll, I'll give them one thing. They have a great coach. Kyle Shanahan is good at what he does. So
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you
0: guys know that their defensive coordinator is D'Amico Ryans? No. No. Yeah, he's a former Texans linebacker, D'Amico Ryan. I didn't even Texans that. and Eagles linebacker, D'Amico <laughs> Ryan, just a decoordinator. Yeah. That's so, awesome. There you go, fun facts for you guys. So just
1: just real quick, do you guys trust Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy for a full season? Uh, No.
0: No. That, that's part of what my prediction is at 7 and 10, too, is like, I don't trust that, and I don't like him anyway. So uh, for, for, me, for me, Trey Lance isn't going to be ready. Hey, they got Nate Studfield, too, of right, course. Nate, Nate Studfield's back there. Studfield's back, man. Mm-hmm. Studfield. Yeah, he's <laughs> there. All right, you guys, well... We have now finished the NFC portion of all of our discussions. So if you wanted to know what our our thoughts were on your Cowboys or we had our, our friend join the show or any other random team for the NFC, Go ahead, look back at some of our old videos, and I uh, mean, maybe we'll post some more things for TikToks. That that way, yeah. you can get on there for for some more hot takes as time rolls on, uh, as things go. So next week, Tanner, what are we doing? The AFC mm, South, East, East, AFC. we may to go straight to AFC East on this. Let's one. do AFC East next week. So we're we'll talking some Patriots and Dolphins, and yeah. all in, the, in the Bills,
2: maybe that so. newly signed Josh Allen to his big
0: extension. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, yeah, there we go. We'll talk about that too.
0: Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit, getting to the AFC side of things, because we only got four weeks left, guys, before week one of the NFL season. Crazy. It's here, guys. uh, It is is coming right up, so we'll finish up the day before kickoff on a Thursday, or before Thursday, I should say. Correct. Uh, All right, you guys, well, uh, that wraps it up for our show today. So we will be back once again next Wednesday. Give us a follow and like on the YouTube. We'd appreciate it very, very much, as well as drop us any questions as well. We already did answer one question today about Miles Sanders that we got, so... If you guys leave questions in the comments, uh, we will always answer them on the following show. So leave that out there as well. So any final thoughts, guys? Uh,
2: Hey, I just want to let them know, guys, we are on TikTok now. Sports Buffoons is, of course, the tag. Uh, Come follow us. You'll probably see us if you follow sports on that category. So we are on there. We're also uh, on a few more social media sites as well. So always check us out, Sports Buffoons.
1: Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot on TikTok, especially with the NBA, since we're in the NBA offseason. So That's right. you want to know anything yes. about free agency or preseason NBA, Drafts. be sure to look the, the JG up. He's going to be posting some stuff on TikTok yeah. for sure. Yeah,
2: And we're also going to try to do more Chiefs content coming out for you guys, too, oh, as yeah. we get
0: whirling in the season here. Excited for it, excited for the season. Ready for Saturday night. So I will see you all on the next one.
1: JG out. Tanner Dahl out. See you guys.